Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by Apostrophe. We have a special deal for you guys. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash ghost. When you use our code ghost, that's a savings of $15. The code available only to our listeners. Apostrophe.com slash ghost and use our code ghost. Today on a chilling episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that will make you seriously question why you ever decided to leave your mother's womb. I mean, come on, it was nice and comfortable in there. You were fed all the time. The only time it got weird was when your parents made love and you kept getting poked in the head by some strange object. Other than that, seriously, why did you decide to leave? We hear the story of an individual that has been haunted by the the dead since entering this cruel and dark world. That's today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is an 855-853-4802 our phone number to call in and share your real ghost story with us. You can also write in at realghoststoriesonline.com online.com maybe you heard a ghost story or two from the fam over the holidays uh be sure to share it with us we'd we'd love to hear it while it's fresh in your memory and uh, write that in if you like the program and you want access to get this a, a bonus episode every week that is dramatically produced differently than our, all of our normal episodes. You get that. You also get all 140-some of them, or no, 440-some of them that we have in the archive that you can binge away on. You also get access to the archive of our regular episodes, which goes many, many, many a thousands deep, which is the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories and advanced episodes, all of it commercial-free. So if you like ghost stories, you want to binge away, no ads, check it out. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, you can become an extra podcast person there now and even try it for three days free. Just go to our channel on Apple Podcasts and subscribe there. Or if you're not on Apple, p- uh, patreon.com slash real ghost stories or directly through our website at ghostpodcast.com. It's Tony and Todd with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Uh, I know we don't try to do things that are timely on this because people listen at, uh, at different times, but I have to ask you, other than ghosts and like paranormal research, if there's one thing that you know that I geek out about like completely, like it's the one thing if I could do in my life, I would do it. What would that be? Going to abandoned grocery stores. Oh, Christ. <laughs> You're so far off. <laughs> I thought you would get this right. I'm a huge game show freak. Well, game shows. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I you would be a game totally, show host. Game show host. Yep. 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 Game show host. I have to say happy birthday to the man himself. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bob Barker, 99 today. I thought he was dead. <laughs> no, no. Bob's still around, although he does look pretty rough. I think he's in a wheelchair and stuff like that now. Yeah. But. 99 years old for Bob Barker. And I will say this until the day I die. Drew Carey is no Bob Barker. No. Drew is okay. Eh. It's okay. But it's not eh. the same. If if you're a game show fan, if you like the prices right now and you've never seen Bob, you've got to check out the old episodes because yeah. there was nobody who could. This guy controlled the whole thing. They yeah. they did They did it in one take. Yep. They did it in one take from start to finish. There was no stop. Yeah, it, it, I completely agree. 
He was it's the a master, class. master. Yeah, he was the master of it. And I, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever watched a full episode of The Price Is Right since Drew Carey took over. But when I was a kid, <laughs> you'll laugh at this. I sometimes would fake sick just so I could stay home and watch The Price Is Right at ten o'clock. <laughs> Well, that's kind of the things you see out like on social media, the memes and stuff like yeah. that, where it's it's uh, it's a bag of saltines, some seven up and the price is right on TV. That's what you did when oh, you were yeah. sick as a kid. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There was no Internet. There was watch Bob Barker oh. and then you had like weird soaps or something or you had like talk shows. So yeah. I remember like there was like, I don't know, Jenny Jones and uh, Sally, Jesse, Raphael and <laughs> Montel, Donahue. Donahue. Yes, Donahue. <laughs> Um, and you'd watch some of that. Usually there was like eventually a point where it's like, you just got to stop because there was nothing good on television. And then I don't, yeah, but no, that's, uh, I loved in summer all summer. I was a religious prices, right? Watcher. I had my bean bag and I had a glass of, uh, like that instant iced tea shit. That's so sugary and tastes nothing like iced tea now. And, um, I'd have that and I would sit there on my bean bag and I'd watch the prices, right? 10 a.m. sharp every morning. Yep. In our uh, time zone. And uh, it started off as a half hour. They went to an hour because it was so hugely successful. Yeah. And 99 freaking years old. So I just had to say it. I had to say that because while I'm not like the biggest fan of The Price is Right and Bob Barker's not my favorite game show host. He was great at hosting that game, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's he's going to be dying soon too. So that'll be a sad. <laughs> There'll day. be a ghost of uh, Bob Barker coming out uh, to here soon. So everyone's going to ask, who is your favorite game show host? Ooh, it's, it, there's different categories. So like, <laughs> fun, well, there there is. There you know? is. There's you're like, right. You're right. There is. So like, straight up, like uh, having the ability to play well. I think Alan Ludden and Dick Clark were in that category. They were just really great game show hosts. They kept things going and, yep. and kept it straight on. Gene Rayburn, though, when it comes to funny game shows and all that kind of stuff on Match Game, yeah, he probably was my all-time favorite. And then Bob Barker's up there just because, you know, the guy never messed up. He never made a mistake. Match Game 76. That's, <laughs> what about it? I believe that's one of your favorites, correct? Yeah, the match game seventy three to 70, okay. uh, eighty. Yep, that's yeah. that that period right there and, is and, my favorite. And of here's all time. here's how I know this, kids. Oh uh, God! Because when I was uh, from fourteen to I don't know, you left when I was like what sixteen or so. Um, yeah. Um, I every single day going to the studio, I'd hang out with Todd in the afternoon in the studio. And all afternoon we watched Match Game because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have cable at the time, yeah. and it was on uh, Game Show Network, so it was like either. you know I didn't either. That was like my only source of cable was in that studio. I would go to that <laughs> studio on the weekends when no one was there and just watch cable. <laughs> And if everybody would just look at their hand right now, that was the size of the TV screen. We exactly. It was a tiny little screen. It was like, like, like nine by nine or something. Oh, it was oh horrible. But yeah, that's uh, I have many fond memories in that studio. I go back to it now and they've completely changed it up. It doesn't feel anything like it used to. No, no, it's, it doesn't have the magic. The magic's gone. Yeah, it, it really does. It was, a, it was a fun little place. Back to our conversations in just a few seconds. First, you know, the new year, it's here. And uh, I've committed to, to doing some things a little bit different. Kicking it off in some small ways to help me look and feel my best. Taking care of your skin, that's one of them. And for me, it's, it's one of them too. A huge part of my new commitment. 
to uh, self-care. That's why I'm excited to be partnering with Apostrophe. Uh, They're the supporter of this episode. Whether you're dealing with breakout signs of aging, which I am, and acne scarring, Apostrophe's mission is to empower you and help you feel confident and comfortable in the skin that you're in. And you know, you only get like one set of it, so you might as well take care of it. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. Through Apostrophe, you can get access to oral topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear acne. Simply fill out an online consultation about your skin goals, medical history, Snap a few selfies, and a board-certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan. Apostrophe offers access to prescription treatments for all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne and even back, chest, and butt acne. Yeah, they got it all. One of my big things is reducing some of these uh, wrinkle lines, you know, that come with age. Uh, reduce some of the dark spots, improve my skin texture. It was, it's time. It's just time. Isn't it time for you, too? We got that special deal for you. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash ghost. When you use code ghost, that's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash ghost and click get started. Then use our code ghost to sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring our episode. All right, uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's go to our first story of the day. It says, hello there. I'm 19 years old, and I'm going to tell you all of the experiences I've had so far as much as I can. Starts out at birth. A very strange thing happened when I was born. During that year, we had a drought. If anyone is from uh, Indiana reading this, ask around. Uh, It's true. At least that's what my mom told me. When I was born, I was born dead. I had no pulse, no breathing, etc. Just as they were going to officially declare me dead, I started to cry and breathe. They said I was going to show signs of brain damage and stuff like that. Nope. Not that I know yet, anyway. The creepy thing is, my mom had tried to have a child. The first three before me died and stayed dead. (laughs) I was born, and up to recently, there were supposed to be three after me. And unfortunately, all passed at birth. At five years old, a lot of weird things started to kick in when I was five. We lived next door to my grandparents until I was seven or eight. And I always, no matter what time it was, walked over to my grandma and grandma's house and asked them for lemonade. Note, the house was no more than four feet probably away. Well, one day my grandpa was taking the trash out about three in the morning and it was really foggy. All I had was shirts, undies. I followed him for some reason, and he told me, CJ, stay on the sidewalk. If you stay there and be a good boy, you'll get some coffee. I sat on the sidewalk about two minutes, and after my grandpa said it, a car came driving by really quickly. I just had this feeling to go inside. When I did, I found out both of my grandparents were just getting up to make some coffee. I asked my grandpa how he got back in the house so fast. He said, I never went outside. I need to take out the trash, though. I went outside and came back inside thank you cj for taking out the trash i'm a little surprised at first i thought it was just weird i want to pause there because there's so many different things it seems in the story that are interesting to discuss and i'm never going to get to any of them wow if we just go over all of it so we'll kind of work our way through the story so that the idea of the grandpa going out there giving a message to the grandson hey you stay on the sidewalk and you'll get some coffee 
I never knew that as a reward as a child, but hey, to each their own. Uh, and was that, I guess is the question, was that the grandpa subconsciously looking out for his his grandchild without even realizing it? Or was it some other force realizing that, well, the only thing that this child's going to respond to or respect or listen to is like the grandparent figure? I, I tend to think maybe it's the grandfather's energy, knowing it or not. Uh, you know, because I'm a true believer that while we think all of our energy is within us, I think there's pieces of us in other locations, uh, figuratively and, and actually. And I think it could have been the, the grandfather's energy making that happen. It's um, almost like we're haunting while we're alive, but we're not even... We're not, there's like will in that. There's there's thought. There's process. How is that? But you know, just as as we we move our arms, we're not thinking. Okay, send signal to move arm. Are there other things in our consciousness that are out there moving around that we are not really truly aware of that are doing things of that nature? I mean, I think it's quite likely. And to start the story off with some very sad news for that family and uh, the the deaths of the the babies and all that kind of stuff. And to know this person, you know, wasn't supposed to make it and did. Yeah. Somewhat of a miracle. And I, I'm surprised. I would be surprised if this individual did not have some sort of weird uh, abilities or sense sense sensory issues and stuff like that just because of that traumatic experience. But wow. Here's a thought, and this is an interesting thing. I just it kind of came to mind uh, because I've had a glass of wine tonight, and uh, <laughs> and uh, a couple other things, or one other thing uh, that is legal in this state. Um, and but here's a thought. You know, we we talk about having these abilities, and some people seem to be born with it. Sometimes people develop it later in life, like extrasensory uh, type abilities and sensitivities that. A lot of other individuals don't have something like this where there were, if I'm doing the math correctly, six other children that passed away at birth. Could their spirits, their energy, do you think they look at this child that's alive and they go, well, this is, that's my, my brother or sister. I'm not quite sure if it's a male or female writing this, but are they, do they go and attach there and then suddenly you have this extrasensory ability or it builds over the years because you have these six other spirits that are attaching to you uh, and that energy to run life through. And later do you discover, oh my gosh, here's these siblings that I didn't know. Um, and then suddenly, holy shit, they're still children. I got to change six diapers. But how did they know? All <laughs> the, you know, Or they, you know, maybe they age. I don't know. But is that, the, the thought is more so, did they attach to this individual with their energy and then that in itself is what allowed all these extra sensory type things and more things as we're going to hear as the story continues well and i think you know you, you make a valid question and, and i will take that a little bit further like what happens to that energy if this child is to be born and, and is almost you know birth is almost given and then it doesn't make it yeah it, it already has some sort of energy at that point Oh, where does yeah. that go? You know, where does that go? So like you say, does that hold, does it stay back and wait for the next child and the next yeah. child? Who knows? I, I mean, you know, I, I, I've wondered that. I, I really, 
there, there's been some, you know, guests I've had on uh, the Grave Talks, which is the, another show that we do. If you you like ghost interviews uh, or interviews with individuals who've gone through hauntings, just search the Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts, and there's years of episodes over there. Uh, it, people are like, oh shit, I didn't know that it existed. So do check that out. But I've had people say um, that the idea of okay, you have a, a miscarriage or something, for example. Did the spirit of that child that uh, the miscarriage occurred with, is it gone or does it, is it still there and it's waiting to be recycled maybe the next time someone tries and then, um, then it goes to the next child? It, like it's not really truly two kids and it's, it, it's more so it didn't work, you know, biologically something didn't work correctly and the baby wasn't allowed to be born. Is that an individual spirit or does the spirit, because it was never born, um, recycle itself into the another child or, or something of that nature? I don't know. It, it, well, it's an interesting thought. It is. And I think if you think about, you know, children who are twins yeah. or triplets, how connected they are spiritually and energy yeah. and they know things about one another and they know things. Is that the same thing where there's one energy that kind of splits? And that's yeah. how that connection happens. If that's the case, then what you're saying could also be true. And it's not always even just twins. Sometimes it's just siblings where, right. I mean, I, I have no siblings. You do. Do you, Have you ever had any of that with your sisters or anything like that? Where it was just uh, everybody kind of at the same point, even you're all in different places, felt something or anything like that? I don't, I don't know necessarily that... Um, we in that way, I think we've had experiences at the same time, especially after my mom passed away. Yeah. But I do have family members, you know, like cousins and stuff that are twins who were able to communicate with one another, even from Wisconsin to Las Vegas and know things about one another because they were, you know, twins. So, yeah, that's there's that's where you wonder with kids and things like that, where you, you come from the same you know, the same ground, basically, you right? Know, and you have the same ingredients in you. Uh, you know, there's there's certainly some sort of connection there. It's an interesting thing, uh, but something I, I just I can't speak to because I don't I don't have that. But uh, but just other than observation, let's continue on eight years uh, old Christmas Day. It's the uh, headline for this area. This is a day I'll remember because my grandpa, who I loved a lot. Uh, was like my best friend that was just made for me. He was sick in the hospital, and I'd opened up my last present, and we went to the hospital to check up on him, and my uncle was taping the visit. I had gotten the Jurassic Park T-Rex with a loud roar. I'd been playing with it to make it go roar, and when I got to my grandpa's home, it suddenly stopped working. I mean, Grandpa, watch, watch! I kept trying to make it work, but it didn't work until I left his room and then it went roar about may my grandfather passed away never thought about anything until i looked at my the tape my uncle had when i was like 15 there was a white figure standing by my grandpa's bed watching over him and at nine years old this is a day like my grandpa's visit stays in my head this is because it was the day my grandma passed away i was asleep but i had a dream that grandma was in a white room and my mom was crying I woke up with a feeling like I was going to cry and my mom was sitting on my bed. Hey, boo, I have some bad news. Grandma just passed away an hour ago. 
I felt so sad. Then my mom went. CJ, she said, listen to the song. Listen to the song. My mom and I didn't know what she meant, but it was okay. At my grandma's funeral song, it was Holes in the Floor of Heaven. My mom had picked it randomly, and I didn't listen to the lyrics. When it said about watching while tears fell down or something like that, I felt like a great burden was lifted. Okay, let's uh, let's pause there for a second, because did she truly randomly pick that song? Or was there some meaning behind it? I would think there'd be some meaning behind it, more than just mom said, let's pick a sad country song. I think a lot of people use that song for situations like this. So it may have been a situation where she kind of knew the song and said, hey, let's just go with that. Maybe it didn't have specific true meaning to her regarding this particular situation. Mm-hmm. But but I think, I think a lot of people do use that song four times like this. So maybe that was the random choice. Yeah, that would be... Uh... That's an interesting thought. You're saying uh, how one would just randomly choose a song because in theory, if you did that, I mean, you could very easily suddenly be like... It would be bizarre if somebody started playing Fuck the Police at Grandma's funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she was down with that kind of stuff. Also, it's like, oh my God, Grandma. It's like, wow, this is... But but here's the weird part. You know, as, as we all get older... Shit like that's going to happen. You're going to be at at funerals. You're going to be seeing people pass. And there's going to be songs that you never would have contemplated being at a funeral being played at a funeral. That's because we're all getting old and these songs are old. Yeah. It's just yeah, weird it's, to think about. You go to a wedding now and some of the stuff they play, you're like, you're like, oh, I can't believe it. You know, could you DJ <laughs> a wedding anymore? No. No, if if it was a wedding of like a 78-year-old couple, yeah. yes. No, yeah, I could do that. You could do, I'm not doing a DJ. I'm not even doing a big thing. Uh, we're going to do probably something very small. But, I mean, if I were to have a, something, you could DJ that because we know the music the, of right. what we like. So, no, you could do a 40-year-old's wedding. But like probably, but there's still a lot of music for the, a little bit younger than that, that I probably, even though I like a lot of that stuff, yeah. I don't know how well it goes over in a crowd. I, I think today, a lot of stuff that we used to think we could never play would is, you know, be huge. It's yeah. like, essentially it'd be like DJing. If you're doing like my wedding, it'd be like DJing a prom in 1998. <laughs> Can I play 50 cent in the club? 100%. That oh my yeah. God. It'd be huge. Like Britney Spears, 50 cent, um, all that stuff. You know, anything Snoop Dogg, uh, NSYNC. NSYNC, it would be huge. Yeah. I mean, and, and back when we were DJing weddings, it was like, oh my God, we're playing NSYNC. <laughs> Is anyone going to dance to this? And for the most part, no, no No one did. But can you even enter? Can you start a wedding with what we used to start stuff with like Patsy Cline? The first thing we always played was crazy. Would we start it with that today? If we were to DJ a wedding? I don't think so. You know, even for the older crowd, I was just at a wedding a couple of weeks ago and, um, you know, they started off with some dinner music, which made a lot of sense, but they immediately started off with the dances with the bride and the really? father and all that. Yep. They started off with that. And then immediately after that, uh, I think they did some uh, Spice Girls and then took <laughs> off from there. Uh, wow. It's uh, I can't. When was the last time you did one? 
I did one uh, like probably maybe five or six years ago, a friend of mine yeah. got married and she was somebody that I did uh, DJing with a lot. And so okay. she got married. She goes, why don't you come and do it? We'll do it together kind of thing. Okay. And, and I hated it because it was still the same, excuse my language, the same effing problem where you're, you're just, you're, you don't have the next song in your head. What are you going to play? What are you going to play? Oh, you were great at like, that. And there was one minute left, you know, <laughs> that was always the thing. It was, it was stressful, but so enjoyable doing weddings with you <laughs> because we're sitting like, oh, we, and then we figured out what we wanted and then it wouldn't load. And then the seat, uh, and we had mini discs and mini discs sucked and they would not load and the players would die in like two hours. Anyway, we're getting way the fuck off topic anyway. But I would, I would fill and you'd get them going and everything would be fine. Yeah. But we never did the bullshit of like, let's shake a bunch of maracas around. It was like, let no. the music, let the music do its work. Yeah. And that's what I always loved. And that's what I did when I did it for it. It's like, yeah, just let the music go. If you do it right, you don't have to fucking say Jack. So anyway. Holes in the floor of heaven. Holes in the floor. I remember one where we had to like, they changed their wedding dance song and we had to run to the Kmart across the street and try and find the CD. Remember yes. that? It was in yep. Rip, Ripon, Wisconsin. Yep, I remember that exact time, and I don't have a good memory, but I remember that because yep. I was losing my shit. Yep, I remember that. Uh, 12 years old, it says here, we moved to the house next to my grandparents to a house that had bug problems in a dark basement. That's where all my expert experiences got bad. My mom had a boyfriend, and he was into the Pokemon card game that just came out. Well, he was nice and uh, bought like 60 packs. He went, CJ, pick any five packs you want. Okay, I did, and I got the, uh, they list a bunch of characters. I'm not going to try and pronounce them because I have no fucking idea what they are. <laughs> and I don't think anyone's going to be offended. It's nobody's real last name from a murder scene or anything. It's just fucking Pokemon names, but I'm sure someone will be. But anyway, Chizard, Ackerman, Blastosi, and Venizar. Maybe I'm close. I don't know. I just ran through that in my mind. But the last pack scared me because I pulled Gengar, Gengar, something like that, which is a mischievous ghost. At that same moment, I saw the card. It was a really loud bang from the basement. We all thought it was the heater. After that day, I didn't really like basements, but I was told to go into the basement to get something. I forgot what I what it is now. I went down there. I felt like a lot of stuff was watching me, but when both my feet left the last step, it felt like tremendous amount of pressure was put on my body, and I couldn't move nor yell. After a few moments, I felt like I could move. I ran upstairs, and it felt like someone grabbed my ankle. I tripped up the stairs. I got up, ran out, the, shut the door, yelled to my mom that something was down there, and she checked, and it was nothing. My mom said my pants must have gotten caught by a nail or something. And at 13 years old, we moved out of that house, ran to, uh, got into another house up a hill near a forest with lots of houses around. My mom dumped the boyfriend, got married, and the guy already had a child. I didn't get along with him, but we were outside and we're going to head out back to play. We saw this huge wolf dog, pure snow white. We screamed. As I turned around, my stepbrother was inside and he shut and locked the door on me. I ran from the dog wolf around the house and my mom unlocked the door. As I ran inside, the dog wolf wasn't there anymore. It was so strange because we checked for tracks and there wasn't any. At 15 years old, part one, I moved in with my dad's house. I hate this house. To explain why I hate this house, I need to tell you what happened to me when I was eight years old. I slept upstairs in a bed next to the doors. The stairs were creaky. 
You couldn't sneak up there. I don't care if you were like an expert ninja. I was asleep and suddenly woke up as I felt a dark-like pressure against me, a really bad, sick feeling. As this man walked up the stairs with no sound whatsoever, this man was in a black coat, cloak, red eyes, was about five foot eleven, maybe six four. I don't know. He walked around the upstairs as it stopped in front of my bed. It looked straight at me. I was scared. I pulled the covers over my head and was just really scared as I closed my eyes. The covers and spots were thin. I could see a long arm being stretched towards me. I just suddenly passed out. I woke up and found my aunt had made a black cloak. The thing is, I wondered where the spirit was. In 15 years, part two, at my dad's house, I saw a lot of ghosts, which ranged from a black kitten to a little boy to a little girl with a pink dress on. What happened a lot is there was a guy I called the walker. I didn't mind him. This creeped me out because he was someone at 1 a.m. who wore a black outfit, walked from my dad's front door to the kitchen, where they were just not harmful. They were goblins, I think. Small little black spirits. My first encounter with one was in the kitchen. I flicked on the light and poof, they liked the open bathroom door and such harmless but annoying things. I appreciate the time. Thank you. And uh, let me know if you'd uh, like to... Uh, hear more ghost stories have you heard of the movie troll 2 no uh you have to look this up there's a documentary oh. on it it's considered probably the worst movie ever made it has right. nothing to do with the original troll movie i think there actually is another troll movie that just came out um but this troll 2 was just somebody licensed the name there's no trolls in the movie the acting is literally locals from wherever this guy was filming this movie and it's horrendously bad it's like you couldn't get a worse movie but it's one it's totally worth watching because it's that bad so i'm look i'm looking it up right now it says a family discovers the entire town they're visiting is inhabited by goblins, goblins. disguised as humans yes but it's troll so yeah. there's a doc, watch the documentary on it first. Um, that'll give you more context to what the hell you're watching. Um, it's called best worst movie. Um, okay. And it's, I just, it's on YouTube. I see it right here. Uh, so look up best worst movie and watch that first, then watch the movie in its entirety. Uh, it is, it's an experience and it's so odd. It's like the weird, odd stuff that we like. You'd get a big kick out of this one. All right. Have you watched RV Man? No, is that good too? Oh my God, Todd. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. RV Man, watch that one too. You, okay. Yeah. These are just total up your I know you'd love them. It's the same shit. We like the same shit. That's weird and out there. So, oh, Winnebago Man. Winnebago Man. Winnebago. I was just going to ask if that was the name of it. Okay. Winnebago Man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Watch that too. So, there you go. There's some. There's some suggested watching over the, uh, well, it's it's after Christmas when this is airing, but this is our last episode before the new year. So there's some uh, assigned watching for the holidays. <laughs> I will do it. Over Christmas break, you're going to write a report on each one of them and we'll discuss. Damn uh, right. When we get back next week. All right. That is uh, going to uh, wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories or even easier if you're on Apple Podcasts, go to our channel right there and sign up. Even try it for three days free. Make sure you like it. 
like getting all the ghost stories, thousands upon thousands of them. You cannot listen to all of them in three days, guaranteed. You can listen to them all in a month, but you get access to all that. Check it out at Apple Podcasts. Try for three days free and uh, decide if you want to uh, get access to all that commercial free. Until next time, for Todd, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.